Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Average Joe's Podcast, the official podcast of the NCDA. Current players sit back. The alumni have you covered tonight with your hosts, Alex Bowens. Players' mothers yell at me. Leslie Ellison. Oh, God, what? Jason Holman. Maybe a masochist on the subject. Mike McCarthy. What were we talking about? Ryan Men. Dodgeball should come first. Josh Raymer. Everyone's body is just wrecked. And Kat Takeda. Ladies and gentlemen, the wait is finally over. Back by popular demand, unless you're Saginaw Valley. Uh, this is the collection of old farts whose opinions you really don't give a shit about, uh, a.k.a. the NCDA Alumni Podcast. Uh, we'd like to welcome you back after a long summer break. My name is Josh Raymer, uh, founder and former captain of Western Kentucky University's dodgeball team. My name is Ryan Men, former captain of Kent State dodgeball team. My name is Leslie Ellison, the first girl for the Kent State dodgeball team. Jason Hallman, Kent State, number 65. And Alex Bomas, founder of MSU's dodgeball team. Well, guys, welcome back. We are thrilled to be discussing college dodgeball once again with you all out there in listener land. Um, we have a lot to talk about, actually, even though college dodgeball has not kicked off yet. Uh, we're going to start with uh, summer dodgeball because there is actually, did you guys know this, no off-season for dodgeball? What? I did know. Oh, okay. Say it's so. It is Go so, ahead. Leslie. And we're going to start out with uh, a tournament that actually had three uh, NCDA teams playing in it, and that was the Ultimate Dodgeball uh, Regional Qualifying Tournaments that happened, I believe it was the weekend of like August 1st to the 4th. And uh, there were like 30, I think 30 tournaments across the country as part of Ultimate Dodgeball, which for those of you who aren't familiar, is trampoline dodgeball. And we had uh, Grand Valley State, a team from Grand Valley, um, a team from WKU, and also a team from um, RIT, I believe. Yes. Oh, yes. They did have a team. Yes. Um, and and uh, guys, I guess we got to give credit where credit is due that uh, – the Grand Valley State Lakers will be going to Las Vegas to compete for $20,000. So, tip of the cap to Grand Valley, guys. Congratulations. Very well earned. Um, I think we all saw, I think we all saw at Nationals a really classy team. Good luck, guys. Make us proud. Yeah? Yeah? I think they will. Totally. Uh, one of the things, Leslie, you brought up um, that we want to talk about with each of these different tournaments that happened over the summer was how different it is to play different styles of dodgeball um, and how the strategy changes from one form of dodgeball to the next. Um, with Ultimate Dodgeball uh, being the captain of the Bourbon Ballers, which uh, was the... Best t- name ever. Thank you. Credit to Benjamin Subject for that, uh, for that name. So this was uh, dodgeball played on trampolines, and obviously that just wreaks havoc uh, with your ability to basically do anything. Uh, because if you can't even backpedal without just eating a big bag of <laughs> then you're really in trouble when it comes to things like strategy, group throws, court awareness, stuff like that. I'll never forget one of our best catchers, Brett Rice, was backpedaling and literally almost flipped upside down and landed on his face on one of the side trampolines because it was just so hard to backpedal when the floor is made of trampolines. I'm sure you guys can imagine how 
difficult and frustrating that would be. I had a dream about that once. Have, uh, who actually here has has played Ultimate Dodgeball before or been to one of the Sky Zone facilities? Um, I know that Jason and I were trying to get stuff together so that we can actually join some of the Kent State alumni that have gone to the Westlake Dodgeball uh, or Sky Zone. It's open up. It's going to be pretty easy, I think, if Michigan doesn't have one for you guys to be able to come down. And I know that any of the Michigan teams, I know for a fact that a lot of the Kent people would probably be more than happy to house you guys so that you guys could all make one big venture to the Westlake Sky Zone. And, um, we're going to get to doing it eventually. I know that um, Mitch Maliel from Kent State has recently gone uh, the past two weekends in a row and says that it's absolutely fantastic because usually on Saturday nights they run a special of pay 20 bucks. You get in uh, from 10 to about midnight, and it's 16 and up, and it's ultimate dodgeball for that entire, what is it, like two and a half hours, two hours? Yeah, Three? Tw- 20 bucks usually buys you two hours. Yeah, but... um. It's dodgeball for the entire portion of it, and it's with 16 and up, and you get pizza and soda and all that. So it's a pretty good deal, and it's, again, another form of dodgeball. Well, what I was so impressed by with the regional qualifying tournament that we attended in Louisville was it was an absolutely fantastic tournament. It was very very well run by Sky Zone, uh, very fun, like you said. We went to practice um, a couple times before the tournament started, and it's just – it is as amazing as you think it would be combining trampolines and dodgeball. So much fun. I can't recommend it enough. Even if it's just, you know, for fun, you and some of your buddies or some of your teammates, just go have some fun bouncing the trampolines. Um, it's it's quite amazing. Now, have you guys seen the, uh, the Ultimate Dodgeball, that's uh, the championship from last year, that's been airing on, like, Fox Sports recently? I have. Leslie, Jason, Bomas, you guys, have you seen it? I don't watch TV, so I'm kind of unaware. Oh, Leslie, so sad. Bomas, have you seen it? Nope. I uh, I actually don't have TV service. Uh, I tend to just steal everything off uh, the Internet, so sorry. You guys are so sad. No TVs. All right, Ryan. the lawyer. Yeah. The lawyer <laughs> that's, that's going to get busted by the NSA. Good job, add, man. Yeah, the NSA is listening the Michigan right now. economy for you. Oh, gosh. Well, um, Ryan... Based on um, how we know that college dodgeball is played and and the the balls that they use are seven inch, kind of like um like a rubber foam composite, like very grippable, very nice. Um, yes, thank you, Leslie. Seven inch rubbers, Leslie would like me to add. Nice. Uh, so uh, based on how that game is played, it's five on five with five balls and. Um, how do you think Grand Valley will fare since you've seen the team that won last year is returning uh, to the tournament this year? How do you think Grand Valley will fare uh, in Vegas this year? Um, well, I'm not sure what five or six guys from Grand Valley is going, but I'm just going to assume Grand Valley's top six guys. I think they would have a chance. The only thing that will hurt them will be experience on the trampoline because I really – from the TV, I wasn't that impressed with like the championship match. Yeah, it. it we watched it. Uh, we had a team bonding session uh, before the uh, tournament, which I guess could be described as a team bondage session as well. Uh, it was originally just supposed to be watch the tournament from last year, kind of strategize, but 
it turned into like uh, 4 a.m. Mario Mario Kart, Super Smash Brothers, and like 55 <laughs> beers later. So uh, only 55? Come on, you're in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing for you to do other than drink bourbon, you bourbon ballers. I know there was no bourbon consumed because most everyone on the team was uh, poor college students, so um, they were just into their cheap, cheap beer. But Kramer, you're an alumni. You can afford to shell out. 55 <laughs> Come on. Uh, I provided the residence at which all this debauchery took place. I felt like I contributed my share. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, from what I remember, Ryan, as well, um, it uh, what really the team that won was named Doom, and what yeah. Doom really had going for them was they had some very strong throwers, no doubt. And one of the things that you can't stress enough with this tournament is the courts are absolutely tiny. I think you could honestly fit one. Maybe from baseline to about free throw line across half court. I mean, it's just, it's a very enclosed space. And you have these balls honestly coming at you 65, 70 miles an hour. So it's, it's no joke. I mean, it's very intimidating, I will admit. So, um, but that's, that's the ultimate dodgeball tournament. Um, encourage everyone in the NCDA to check it out. Even if just like on a weekend you want to go play. But let's move on. Um, Ryan, I believe you were part of the uh, Midwest Elite Dodgeball Tournament this summer? Yes, I was. It was back in June, the end of June. Um, and we had eight teams, and they did a pinch and a non-pinch division. So that was pretty cool. Um, we played a ton of games. Um, heavy competition. Those guys in Chicago take it pretty real. We actually had some guys from Nashville come up, too. Um, so we were getting talent from all over. A few guys from RIT was there. Uh, Grand Valley won the pinch division. Mm-hmm. And I think Glenn Specialer, I don't know his last name. Um, yeah, yeah. I think his his team won the pinch division, or the non-pinch division. Those damn Lakers are winning everything. Can they just give us a break and let the rest of us try to win some tournaments every now and then well i was actually very happy in the tournament because we my our tent team we actually beat grand valley in both the pinch and non-pinch division wow so look at you five years but i <laughs> but finally you, beat grand valley dodgeball finally did it match. congratulations to you sir um all right so leslie let's talk about uh some dodgeball that you've been playing this summer oh my god it's it's been a lot um First, uh, there was a foam just dive bar league that I was able to gather a team of myself, Jason Hallman from Kent State, Mitch Malio from Kent State, Dane Hraby, also from Kent State, but from years ago, like back in Bomas's day, um, so ancient. And uh, there was also, yes, um, there was also uh, Alfred Kwan of OSU, now of Kent State, and then. Um, we also had Matt Clambara, the former captain of Kent State, and it was a team of alumni. And in true Kent State fashion, a bunch of us just go in looking ragtag as all hell to go play in this foam league that not only is it outside, which is really bizarre for Kent players, but it's also in a sand volleyball pit. So it's dodgeball outside in sand. Drop catches all day. Oh, my God. I, I kind of never want to play dodgeball any other way other than this because your knees don't hurt so bad afterwards. That is uh, kind of beautiful. Foot in mouth there. Um, your, well, I was your just going to let it slide. Yeah, okay. Um, but, no, uh, we played with um, 
what were they? Were they six inch foam balls? Seven, Se- seven inch foam seven balls. Inch hard foam. Yeah, they were hard foam too, which was really bizarre because when we got there, like all six of us were like really, really like leery going, it's outside, it's in a sand pit and it's foam, but we had an absolute blast. And I know that most NCDA players, they get really, really uh, defensive over, if it's not rubber, I'm not going to play. It's like, no, 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 no. What you need to understand is during the summer months, any dodgeball you can get is still dodgeball. It might be ridiculous, but you should still go do it. And if anything, just have fun with it. Like we all went in just trying to have fun and be goofy with it. And we weren't really intending to get like super hardcore until like the finals in which like the entire season, we didn't wear any dodgeball gear at all. And then finally in the last, um, uh, on the last night in which it was like the tournament, we pulled out our jerseys and stuff like that so that everybody would stop feeling so bad going, oh, my God, this team goes out of nowhere and it just catches all day. Like it, it was kind of weird to basically become gods among ants, but it happened. And it was really funny to watch uh, new people get mesmerized by Clembara's uh, double backspin crazy throw thing. <laughs> and. It was also really entertaining to watch uh, the other teams scream, oh, my God, Quan's got a ball, Quan's got a ball, and and just ridiculous abounded. And so that was an absolute blast. At foam, it all depends on the league that you're in as well as who you're with, not only other teams. All the other teams were great. There was only one douchebag team, and we steamrolled them in the finals, which was really entertaining because they all got really, really pissed. And they actually left and, and were, like, horrible sore losers about it. But whatever. If you can't handle, you know, getting your balls manhandled by a girl, let alone five guys that look like they can't throw a dodgeball worth <laughs> but manage to steamroll you, I guess you shouldn't be playing. But anyway. Um, and it also depends on just how the attitude that you go in with it, you know. And we had an absolute blast. I, we're doing it the, their fall season again, which is amazing and great. And we have a new addition to our team. It's um since Alfred's off going off to be a doctor because that's just what Asians do, I guess. Um, Racist. He, I, no, I'm just saying Alfred is amazing. He's also going to be a doctor, and he is so stereotypical, and he even pokes fun at himself while we're together. So it's, I don't feel that bad. He's our widescreen catcher. Oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> so um, there's that. We're actually uh, getting – he's getting swapped out for Eric Sibla from OSU, which we're really pumped about because Eric's been trapped at Cedar Point all summer and unable to play, so he's super pumped. Um, we also did uh, just a crazy in the back of a uh, middle school in the middle of summer, like school's out. So we're in this basketball court. We played dodgeball with a couple people that I knew that are going to grad school. And they're like, Hey, you know, people that play dodgeball, come play with us. And we played with, um, what were those? Those were five inch zingers, five inch rubber zingers. And to go from, you know, playing with seven and a half, eight inch, eight, eight and a half inch rubbers to, you know, seven and a half inch hard foam to little tiny zingers. It's really, really bizarre to take these balls and you could bait like I can just palm it and chuck it. It's really bizarre and you have to really 
take a step back and realize that your your space to get hit is now even bigger because these zingers they don't do what you expect them to do. Like they hit your chest and you expect them to, you know, sink in like they like an eight and a half inch wood and you could just, you know, catch it in the bread basket. But this little sucker just veers off in a completely different direction. So that was another really cool thing about the summer. Um, and then also there was the two Kent dodgeball days over the weekend. There was Kent dodge, uh, summer dodgeball one and summer dodgeball two, uh, summer dodgeball one. We had, uh, Mike, I don't know his last name from CMU. We also had Wes from CMU show up. Oh my God. Mike, CMU guys. Mike Riley. Thank you. They showed up. They were awesome. Wes is still giving me about Game of Thrones, but whatever. Um, we also, surprisingly enough, had Zach Phelps and Scott LaValle from SVSU show up, and those two guys are absolutely fan-freaking-tastic. Um, and they they played with us, and it was really, really bizarre to watch Michigan versus Kent style, in which Michigan, you can tell that they all practice a hell of a lot more than we ever did, and they actually work together as a cohesive group um, and actually get done whereas with us we're just like oh, okay whatever we're, we're doing stuff um but absolute fantastic time and it was really entertaining to watch them see how we played with house rules of having it be off the wall on occasion and stuff like that and it was it was really cool to see the differences and then when we had the uh summer session number two we had sean uh smith from townsend show up i think he's their current captain as well as um ryan do you know who the other guys that came with him uh, Jonathan Shaw came. Um, and then there was also Dylan from Maryland. Dylan Fahidi from Maryland. And then Shadid Drake Ford from, uh, PCU. And then we also had, uh, Wes and, um, uh, uh. Michael. Mike. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. From CMU show up again, and then we had Scott show up again. And we had a really big turnout for the second one, and it was really, really awesome to be able to get all of these different players from all of these different areas, like we to have Townsend and Maryland come out was an absolute blast. I love those guys to death. And to be able to see at least Zach and 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 Scott off the court, you know, from SVSU and completely just change, you know, like both of both sets just walked away with a completely different vibe about the other set and it was fantastic and i i'm hoping to god that they can come back again if we do um dodgeball again next summer because it was absolutely fan freaking tastic i love this league <laughs> yeah it really is amazing um when you go into it and leslie i love how you brought this up with a like an open mind like wanting to have a good time and not you thinking that it's some sort of inferior form of dodgeball because it's not college dodgeball um i told a bunch of people i told all my teammates afterward all of whom i think except for three that i played with um on the bourbon ballers that winning that tournament playing with those guys was the highlight of my not only my dodgeball career but my athletic career as well um because we we faced and this goes back to your point about not looking like a team that other teams would think would dominate because uh, if you look at our photo, we're obviously not the most athletic-looking guys in the world. You guys are adorable, though. It was so funny. I'm like, that's the team that they brought. They probably confused the out of everybody. Just, just, wow. We were a very cute team as well. Uh, you're <laughs> right. But we played, no joke, against a team uh, that I think the average height was about six foot three or six foot four, 
and their feet were so big they did not have shoes for them to wear. Uh, so they all had to play barefoot. And so you're bo- playing against a bunch of bears, aka my boyfriend Jason, like six of him, right? Pretty much, except taller. I mean, these guys. I think one of them probably was like six four, six five, and it truly was like the Monstars uh, versus um, the Looney Tunes. The Looney Tunes, yeah. Uh, that's what we kept. That's what we kept calling. Them. We didn't know their actual name. I think it was like Gym Class Superstars or something like that. But these guys, I mean, you can tell when a team. You're in the middle of a game and there's like a, you know, a disputed call. The team that's arguing more knows that they're in trouble. Oh, yeah. We had that a lot in our foam league, especially against, um, we, we, uh, the last team that we played against, um, they were from a nearby private Catholic holy school, name. Hol- uh, holy name out here in Parma, Ohio. And a lot of them just big beefcake guys. Oh, my God. Again, it was like we were going up against six Jasons instead of like, six me's it was ridiculous and it's really funny because um they a they didn't know that we had all played until we put our jerseys on and b the uh the referee and the leader of the league had actually talked to me beforehand he's like hey this is my first time refing dodgeball like do you have any tips and i gave him like a huge list of like the the ncda rules of like how we've played and he was able to pick and choose like what he did and didn't want so we had it live off ball um and what other ridiculous things did we have? Live off person. Yeah, it was live off person, so we could do double and triple catches, kind of like the old Kent State way. Um, and there was also... Uh, lines were suggested. Yeah, the lines, it was kind of weird because the lines were kind of suggested because we were, excuse me, playing in a um, sand court instead of with, uh, you know, uh, an actual court and all that. But we would, um, like, you could hear the distinct shick of it, like, hitting a ball and not hitting a person. And you'd have the other team arguing, that, that hit Jason, blah, 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 Or, oh, my God, that totally hit Alfred, blah, 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 blah. And you're just like, dudes, we've played longer than you have. Please calm down. Like, we'll give you the call, you know, if it's warranted. But if you're going to be a douche nozzle about it, then we're going to stay in unless the ref tells us otherwise. Um but other than that, it was pretty cool. And as you said, it's really funny to go up against really big beefcake guys. I know at one point in um in our final match, it was five v one, and the people that were left on the on our side of the court was me, Jason, Dane. I think we also had Klimbara and Matt, or Klimbara and Mitch, and I think Alfred was out. And this guy. Uh, the the one guy for them had the brilliant idea to throw out the weakest player. And he picks me and just the most beautiful face catch you could have seen in a phone league. Like, I know it's nothing compared to catching a rubber in the face. Haha, <laughs> I know. But to, to have too something. Easy. Is, yeah, I know. I just <laughs> I keep lining myself up for it and it, it's totally okay. Um, but to have something as, as momentous and awesome as that. And it's really funny to watch them realize that, that, you know, these big beefcakes that have done so well in athletics all their, t- all their life get taken down by like people. Like, I just start screaming, catch! Oh, my God, look at this beautiful catch! He's like, yeah, man, we know it was a catch. I'm like, no, you don't understand. It was a freaking beautiful catch. Like, we had an entire line of people that had stayed to watch our match with the other team because it was ridiculous watching the two best teams of the league and all that, and you hear an entire crowd of people screaming. I think Ryan is attacking his desk. I'm not quite sure what's going on over there, but yeah. He's in the middle of a fantasy draft. We'll, We'll forgive him. Oh, sorry. We started the first game 
and in Kent style, we're lazy. We didn't run for the balls, so we just gave it to them. <laughs> so they line up and throw three catches in a row. By the time they're running back, we already drilled another two of them. Yeah. It's one on six within 20 seconds. The yeah. kid just, like, throws a lot ball, and I think it was Alfred just rips it out at midair one-handed. Is that the game's same thing? over. Is that the same thing that happened with you and, and with the bourbon ballers with this big group? Yeah, we uh, we actually got down, um, let's see, it was uh, best three out of five. So we were down 2-1 going into the fourth game. And uh, we <clears throat> won the fourth game, and I knew at that point that we were going to win the the championship. And in the fifth game, what I was talking about, there was a controversial call. And, of course, they were breaking every rule, yelling at the refs, their whole team, was just acting like a bunch of ballistic ass. And I told my team, I said, don't say a word. I said, it doesn't matter. We're going to win. So let's just, you know, be gentlemen and respect the rules. So, um, anyways, it, it is funny when teams get, I guess, desperate. They will uh, begin to argue calls and basically just act like jerks. So, I think we're actually uh, Mike McCarthy on the line. What's up? Oh, there oh, he is. Here. Hi, Mike. What's going on, guys? Mike, I love you. I love you, too. What's going on, guys? What are we talking about? We're talking about dodgeball over the summer, Mike. I think you actually have something to add to this discussion. Yeah, why not? Vegas. What a trip. How are the girls? How are the girl? The girls? Naked, yeah. I hope. No, there's no girls. Just a bunch of dudes. Naked, I hope. <laughs> a bunch of naked dudes? I don't know. You had to talk to Felix about that one. Yeah, he told me some stories. So I've heard, I've heard a little bit from Felix that this was um, maybe a less than uh, desirable outcome from some of these games and the setup of the tournament. Can you elaborate on that? Uh... Felix must have put it the nice way then, because it was awful. Okay, I didn't want to. I didn't want to totally go crazy if you actually were a fan of the tournament. No, I was not whatsoever, and I don't think I would go back, honestly. And that's saying a lot about dodgeball. I would not go back and play dodgeball with. Well, we were just talking about how great these tournaments were. So, what made this one, in your opinion? Wait, what was it? It was the the World Dodgeball Cup. It was the oh, okay. National National Dodgeball League, the NDL. Okay. Yeah. So, first off, first thing, if you're having a World Dodgeball Cup, you might want to have, like, a bunch of other teams from different places. They had a Canadian team, and then they had two Japanese kids. And Japanese kids were awesome. I loved them. They were my, like, favorite people there. <laughs> so, we go to this tournament, and, you know, we went, me and a couple of the guys got there the first day where they had foam ball. We watched that. It was Decent, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Um, the second day we get there, we were playing in the rubber division. And before we even started playing, they're like, all right, we're going to throw everybody's team name into a hat. Then we're going to draw the seed that you're going to play for tournament, for, like, the tournament bracket. So you got your seed drawn before you even played any pool play or any dodgeball whatsoever. So not, That's <laughs> not only did... Not only did round robin or pool play, whatever you want to call it, not matter whatsoever, you were already predetermined who you played before you even got to play them. That really doesn't make a lot of sense. Why even have the games beforehand? Absolutely. There was no point to having the games before you. And then it was double elimination. And, I mean, 
obviously it's completely different from what we play. You know, it's it's 50 feet compared to 94 feet long. And, you know, you have a neutral zone that's 27 feet long. Or, sorry, your throwing line is only 27 feet away from you compared to 64 feet away from you. You know, it's, it's just the aspect of the game is completely different. And I but heard there were... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, at that point, that's like a like a firing squad, isn't it? It literally was just you run up to the line and you throw as hard as you can. And there and were some know, weird rules, weren't there? Oh, uh, uh, don't even get me started. The first the first rule that, that the, from the get-go, I couldn't wear a hat. I think I've worn a hat in every game I've ever played in in my entire career. I wouldn't even recognize you with that one. Right? I would look I would look weird without a hat. So you weren't allowed to wear hats. That was that was my biggest pet peeve. The next one was if I'm throwing at an opponent, I hit my opponent so hard that the ball comes back and hits me, I'm out as well. So you can get out on your own throw. So basically if you threw it at your leg, would you be out? I no, I don't believe so. It's just if you hit an opponent and then it comes back and hits you, you're out. That just sounds like you're just making up rules when you're high as just like this would be cool if you were out on your own ricochet. <laughs> For real, that's what we were talking about. That's what a couple of us talked about. We we're like, you just made rules just because you could. There's no point to them. Like, if you look at all the NCAA rules, 18 pages or 20 pages, whatever it is now, there is specific reasons for each rule, right? Whether it's to help out a ref make a call or, you know, it's a legitimate decision that we needed to make, right? This rule book that they had is like 3,000 pages long or whatever their number was. It's some stupid long number. And the rules just didn't make sense whatsoever. You know what I mean? It's just, it's random. The one, the one cool thing, I would take out of the NDL was the suicide rule, where I could jump clean over my throwing line, peg a player on the other side, and as long as I got them out, I could come back onto my side with uh, as long as I didn't get hit. Well, it sounds like there were just like a lot of arbitrary rules that were just thrown in for no apparent reason. Yeah, you know what I mean? If you ask anybody in the in the NCDA that's been around for a long time, and you ask them something in the rule book, they're going to know, right? Yeah. We were talking to professional players that were there who didn't know their own rules. Wow. Some some professionals they are. Yeah. Well, it's like in, 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 <laughs> some other incidents happened that just, just blew me away, and I'm sure a couple of you have heard about them from some of the other players. But No, please share. <laughs> All right, so Team Rise. Down and dirty, baby. Yeah, let's get yeah. the details. Team Rise is the longest-standing team for this tournament, right? They've had it 10 years. They've been a team for 10 years, obviously with different variations of players and stuff like that over the years. But 10 years they've been around. We played this team two separate occasions in the two separate divisions of rubber ball. They told one of the players on my team to f*** off. Wow. Whoa. That's not cool. One was mid-game. And it's one thing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very competitive. I get being riled up and everything. And if you're going to say it to me, fine. But as soon as you say it to one of my other players, I literally, I literally just, I, I, I was about ready just to walk across the court and just, just start screaming at someone. Well, at that but, point, isn't it also one of those, like, if you're just going... Why did I throw that? Which I know I've gotten yelled at by many a people for for cussing on the court like that. But it's the difference between like yelling at yourself and then attacking another person. Like that's just bad 
bad form, man. That's just being an ass, but it is. Oh, it was completely over the line. You know what I mean? And it's it's one thing to say it to yourself, and it's one thing to say it to the other team. And when I hear it twice, I, I, I I'm really surprised. I mean, not surprised I didn't say anything, but it, it took a lot of control on my own part not to just blow up on somebody. So. I mean, I, I had honestly, I had a terrible experience. I would never go do it again. And they all wanted us to try out for their professional team and start a professional team on the East Coast and start one and play with the, the teams that we played against. Yeah, that's you know, what that's what Felix said. You guys didn't even go to the tryout. No, and, and you know, I don't want to badmouth everybody there. I met a lot of cool people, a lot of very nice people. So you know, not not trying to badmouth everyone. You know, uh, Ed does. Uh, you know, he puts a lot into what he does, but what I saw, I was not impressed with whatsoever. And that that's unfortunate because I think this was an attempt uh, by the NCDA as a whole to kind of bridge what I think the NDL viewed as some bad blood, or at least like they thought that as a whole, the NCDA looked down on the NDL, thought it was like inferior. They said that we had been really hostile. Someone had talked to them. Um, way back in the day about uh, getting involved, like starting a partnership. And so I hate it because this was supposed to be kind of like a reconciliation type thing. And to hear that it went so poorly, uh, it's just disheartening, I guess. Yeah, it, it honestly is. It's And you know what? Saying I wouldn't ever go, I probably would go again just to give it another chance and be like, all right, Forget what happened the first time. Let's try this again. Go there, see how it goes, and you know what? If it went well, you know, forget the first one. But well, the the problem was you guys paid money to go to Las Vegas, though. I mean, it was expensive. Oh, it was it was it was not a treat. It was not a cheap trip. It was a lot of money out of all of our pockets. So God, and all those hookers and blow that they spent their money on, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, all Mike, those I forgot. Mike was actually clubs. the hooker. Yeah. I, yeah, I, well, is that I'm the, the, is that the running? I, I, apparently, oh. I'm the man whore of the league now. So. Oh, the man whore. Okay. I know you guys have seen the. I know you guys have seen the picture. Who uh, hasn't seen the picture, Mike? I think everyone on Facebook has seen the picture. <laughs> Mike, please tell me you remember when you and I and a couple other people from the SCDA blew up poor Sean Smith's wall from Townsend and just turned it into a big. Let's call Mike the biggest man whore of the NCDA league. Ladies, line up. Yeah, the ladies just passed me around, apparently. My, <laughs> my girlfriend kind of butted in on this last one. She's like, I ain't having this. <laughs> Putting her foot down. Yeah. Uh, well, um, Mike, we were talking a little bit about, um, before the podcast, about some new teams that are coming up uh, this year or in future years in the NCDA. So why don't we start with you? Give us an update on the soon-to-be team at Siena Heights. You know, I've been talking with these guys like crazy, just been pestering them all summer long. Um, and they have a lot on their plates, especially with the incoming freshmen the first year and their welcome week thing they do with them. So um, right now it's kind of at a standstill. I'm still talking with them. They're still very interested. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of halted at the moment, which I'm not too happy about, but I, I understand where they're coming from. So, uh, Dude, just hit him in the face pop- with the rubber. <laughs> I trust me. I've talked with them so much and just just walk by. Hey, you ready for dodgeball? Hey, you ready for dodgeball? Just just constantly just just picking and poking at it. And um, so basically, you're Navi. Yeah. 
Hey, listen! Hey, hey, listen! Watch out! I actually got that reference. Yes! The first time a nerdy reference of mine has gone not over everyone's heads. Yeah, smacked me squarely in the forehead. Took a second, but I got it. Um, well, who who is the they you're referencing, Mike? Is it the like the people at the sport clubs? It's it's at Siena Heights. It's the dean of students, and then it's the. I, I wish I could remember what his title is, but you know he does all the event coordinating stuff. Um, you know, like different organizations, like called Spark, and you know student athletic organizations and that kind of thing. So they really, you know, they really are interested. They were really excited. They actually brought a kid that they know over from Grand Valley um, to you know have a discussion with. Uh, myself and him, and we had a discussion with them on what we would need and what we would do. So it was, uh, I don't know, standstill, but I'm still hopeful. Keep working. Like, can the league help you out at all? I wish, but it's it has nothing to do with me not being able to get into the league. It's more of do we have the gym space? Do we have the um, resources? Do we have the fundraising? Do we have, you know, all that? Uh, right. I, I was just thinking if like the league wrote a letter to your that guy you were ta- need to talk to. And... Sure. I mean, it wouldn't hurt. No, I don't think I mean, anything. You could just get our resident lawyer to write a really professional sounding letter of, hey, you should do this, and this is why. Hey, Bomas, yeah. wake up. They're talking about you. <laughs> hmm? <laughs> we, we need you to write a letter on Mike's behalf saying that he is a really terrible potential president and this is an awful idea. <laughs> And he's back asleep. So <laughs> let's let's keep this thing rolling. Um, uh, well, Mike, keep it up. And I would say I hope that if the court space can be worked out, um, you know, I don't ever want something like funding to be an issue. I know that plenty of teams around the league have a lot of money. They could donate dodgeballs or jerseys or whatever you guys need. So I hope that that is not a sticking point for you guys in the future. There's actually um... – yeah, I, I honestly don't think it would be a huge issue. It's just whether they can f- – they're trying to figure out everything, right? Trying to make sure it's all set and then, all right, this is a go. And then it would be a go and I would be able to do whatever I wanted to, how I wanted – you know what I mean? And, and actually be able to, to run it fully and not have to worry about all that stuff. So that's kind of where they're at. Yeah. Um, but I also – there's another college in the town of Adrian where Siena Heights is located, um, and it's Adrian College. I know the dean of students there also, and I had a discussion with him about starting a team as well, and he was extremely excited about it too. So there might be two teams out of Adrian less than five miles apart. Well, that would be awesome. Which, yeah, I thought that'd be phenomenal. So we're, I'm going to try and work with them once I get my thing going, and then if we can get them both going by the end of this year, I think that'd be awesome. Weekly scrimmages. That's right. Yeah. Well, I would practice with them. You know what I mean? Have yeah, I have them drive over, us drive over there. Or, you know what I mean? Work. I mean, I, so we have two gym spaces, and then everybody can practice together and get better that way. Well, I mean, what, I know for the longest time at Kent, we've all really, really hoped and wished that Akron University, which is, I think, what is it like a twenty-minute drive away, Ryan? I think. From where? From Kent, Kent to Akron, I think it's like, what, 10, 15, 20 minutes? Yeah, it's like 20, 25. Like, we... It's like two hours away. <laughs> for, <laughs> well, I know for a long time we really hoped that Akron would get some kind of a team together so that we could have more, you know, playing time with other people other than ourselves because it just gets so boring after a while when all you're doing is playing with yourself. 
Leslie, you're trying really too hard right now. We need you, <laughs> we need you to rein it in and tone it down. This is a family show, damn well, it. you told me I wouldn't have to keep quiet. Uh, so let's move on with some of these other teams now that we've gotten the update from Siena Heights. Um, St. Ambrose. Ryan, I think you were the one that brought this this one up. Yes. They are in St. Ambrose University in Illinois, I think. Around Illinois. Iowa. Davenport, Iowa. Iowa. There we go. Thanks it's for an, the help. It's man. an I-State. Uh, yeah, I saw Ziggy mention something about them on the forum, but they were close to Chicago, so... Hopefully they they're can actually, get in. They're actually about a two-and-a-half-hour trip from Chicago. Oh, that's oh. close. They're, they're, like, they're, only a little, they're only a little distance from uh, Wisconsin Platteville. Oh, okay. Because they're like on the edge of Iowa and then Chicago's all the way across the state. That's just what I know from talking with Dave uh, Elkins. Davis Elkins? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I'm sitting here looking right now. Another one of the schools that um, we have is Davenport University, which weirdly is not in Davenport, Iowa, for some reason. Uh, it is actually in Grand Rapids, Michigan, it looks like. And um, Han, who m- some of you guys will remember from Nationals, uh, GVSU alumni, uh, is said to be um, getting a team together there. So we'll hope from the best from Davenport University. Um, Leslie, I think you had an update. Um, I have an update about uh, Cleveland State University, it, located in Cleveland, Ohio. You know where all the murder and locking up ten-year-old or girls for your basement for ten years happens. Yes. Um, I know that Matt Klimbara, the former captain of Kent State, um, he or one of the former captains of Kent State. He, I believe, is going to be transferring to CSU, if not this fall, I think next spring. Um, I know that he was set on transferring there sometime soon, which is um, when he's going to initiate uh, operation, get CSU a team. Um, and he was hoping, if anything, to get this uh, settled, I think, to be able to get a team to come up to nationals this year, even if they're only like 10 strong or something like that. Um, but I know that that is one of his really big intentions, at least around here. Sweet. Now, one other team we will mention as well, and this was uh, from Ziggy on Twitter, was that the Air Force Academy actually uh, wrote an inquiry to him about starting a team. So it looks like there are just teams kind of uh, potentially popping up everywhere. So best of luck to any new teams that's uh, trying to start up. And this kind of segues nicely into our next segment, which is, the beginning of uh, the year stuff, recruiting, retention, planning practice, paperwork, getting games on the schedule. Uh, Bomus, we're going to have to awaken you from your slumber for this one. Uh, why don't you get us started with um, what, if you're a team captain, say, of a new team, what is the most important thing that you can do starting out? Always oh, at the <laughs> end of your sentence. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, well, Cricket. it's a little late for this uh, particular podcast, but uh, the biggest single event that you can really make a dent is your uh, your student org recruitment fair, and that's typically during your orientation week. Uh, like I said, it's a little too late for this, but who knows? Maybe it's a uh, instruction for people next year, um, next semester know. even. Sure, why not? Um, 
when you have the whole campus looking around for what they're going to do in a particular season, that's your one best opportunity to recruit new members. Uh, obviously, I'm going to use MSU as an example because I still have a few connections there. Uh, MSU has this event called Sparticipation. And all the student orgs show up. They uh, essentially, you know, do their recruiting pitch for all the the freshmen and all the new people who um, are, are looking for something to do. Um, Mike Van Erman, the current captain, uh, was able to obtain 304 uh, new emails for people who were interested in learning more about MSU dodgeball. And as fate would have it. Uh, it's my understanding that 140 people actually showed up to the first practice. Wow. Now, Damn. Yeah, exactly. Hey, how now, big is the Spartan gym that you guys Not big enough in? for 140. <laughs> Even if you, like, broke that up to where it's, like, what what is that, like, 60 on each side? No. What's the math 70. for that? 70. 70. Leslie can't math. And I'm a scientist. <laughs> That's the sad yeah, part. It's, it's a whole lot of people, but... In any event, you got to figure that of the people you get emails from at that first event, maybe half will show up. Of that half that shows up, you might get half sticking around um, and paying dues and what have you. And of those people, maybe half of them are going to show up uh, routinely and be at every practice or close to every practice. And so essentially, you start with a base of 340 you're probably going to get around maybe 40 to 50 people showing up every time, and that's really what you need. You know, If you get two full teams of 20 uh, showing up every practice, you're going to have a very good year. You're going to have talent you can recruit from, and to that same extent, you're going to be able to teach people and have vets who can teach the new people how to block, when to run, when to throw, when to try and catch, and all of that, and if you can get that going from the beginning and encourage them to bring their friends, you're going to have a very, very good year. Um, yeah, Kent has their festival called the Blast Off Fest, which is like the same thing. A bunch of groups around the table. I know the team gathered emails. I'm not sure how many emails they gathered, um, but I was at the first practice last Friday. And we probably had around, I'd say around 65 to 70. So not not and that's including not 300, the team. but no, really good. Yeah, that's including the team too. Um, and they looked to have some guys that actually were interested. Some were guys who I would imagine played like Bonus's first day in dodgeball. Um. So, Mike, what about you guys? Because I'm sure I can just see you out on, like, a sand volleyball court just, like, going and talking to random people, slapping them on the back. You're their new best friend. Hey, come play dodgeball. <laughs> That's how we always did it when I was at Central. I mean, you know, it's all about talking to people. If you talk to this person, this person's going to talk to this person, this person's going to talk to this person. I mean, for those of you guys who played against the Central team that won it, Brad uh, Richardson... Mike Zasky and Pat Fisher came together. It was one guy that got talked to, and he brought two more people. You know what I mean? And that's it was that's always how it's worked, right? It's a tumble effect. So if you talk to this person, this person's going to talk to that person, that person's going to talk to that person. It's always friends of friends of friends. So honestly, just talking to people is so much 
there's so much help that's on like people don't realize it's like oh well, I play dodgeball. I'm not going to talk about it. People are going to laugh at me. Yeah, they're going to laugh at you. You play dodgeball, but that was that was the cool thing. I don't care if you laugh at me. I play dodgeball. You don't. That's your loss. So, well, to uh, vamp off that, you know, I, I've always sort of had a, a a particular saying when it comes to you know talking about this and and being charismatic when it comes to recruiting and just essentially being that guy who's actually positive about this. And and the saying is, be Bill Murray. You know, he would say some of the most random stuff, but gosh darn it, he, he, you know, when he talks, it doesn't matter what he's saying, you're interested in whatever it is he's got going on. And, you know, exactly. You know, I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. That's yeah. so true. Um, now, let's talk about something, and Bomas, I think you and I both have experience with this, that is not fun, like Bill Murray, and that's paperwork. And, since you're a lawyer, I'm sure you can speak to the evils of paperwork better than I can, but why is it important to have all your ducks in a row as a team captain? Well, there's certain stuff you always want to get done because obviously the administrators have absolute say when it comes to court time, when it comes to reserving uh, special uh, time for for the holding of exhibitions or, or matches or uh, giving student org money and there's stuff that you just got to get done and you know it, it seems like a lot of grunt work and frankly it is but when you consider what that work can get for you in terms of funding in terms of court space in terms of this that and the other thing you know in the grand scheme of things it isn't a whole lot uh, of work for the benefit that it gives you and you know it, it's sometimes unfortunate but there's also um it's a risk-reward thing. You really want to get that stuff done early, get it out of the way, and just be done with it. I think I see paperwork falling into three basic categories, and Bo must tell me if you agree on this. It's to cover the university's ass, to get money for your team, and to get things accomplished, whether that be getting court space for practice or getting games scheduled. Can you think of any other purpose that – Paperwork serves out of those three, outside of those three things. No, that's Our pretty much it. Order. Protect your own money, get money from other people, and get court space. I mean, that's what you really want to do uh, in that situation. Um, restraining order. Restraining order. Yes. Thank you. Wait, Jason. what? <laughs> Are we missing something here? Yeah, I would love some background info on this. Jason. Restraining orders against Leslie. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's all agree that that's paperwork that needs to be filed at the beginning of each year. Teams just get get it done, get it out of the way. You don't want this monster coming to your university. Josh, I'm going to suggest that we stay out of this domestic dispute and just yes. move on. I'm, to I'm going to another I'm going to, aspect. I'm going to mute their mics, ladies and gentlemen, and we're just going to continue on. Uh, there is one topic that I do kind of want to touch on, and I don't know that we necessarily covered it in the show notes. Uh, it, it's that of leadership uh, regarding the opening months of uh, a new season. Um, obviously, when you've got a transition of captains from one set to another, y- you want to make sure that the tone is set for the year. Now, obviously, when you have um, you know, a recently graduated captain or captains or you know, treasurers, presidents, or what have you, they're still relatively connected to the team. They may show up to a few practices. They certainly know most of the team, and, and they're going to have their views known, for lack of a better term. 
But at the same time, uh, and this is admittedly uh, an issue that I sort of needed to take a step back with when I was in law school, uh, just out of undergrad, you need to recognize that the new leaders, whoever they are, it's their team now. And they're going to be the ones running the show. And sometimes that gets lost uh, among the recent alums. You know, they still want to talk about how they did it in their day or what they think strategy should be. And it's imperative on the captains, assistant captains, or the president, treasurer, secretary, or whoever else to make sure that while input from the older people is appreciated – it's their team now. They're going to set the tone. They're going to set the strategy. And alums need to be conscious of that. Um, it, you're often going to see a situation where an alum or two may, you know, try and talk to freshmen or, you know, new players and say, well, this is how you should do things. Uh, it would be my suggestion that you check with whoever's in charge at the, under the new season. And find out what they want to get done this year and try and help them wherever possible. And if you have a differing opinion, make it known to them. Uh, but at the same time, it's their team now. You need to uh, beat to, uh, to their drum, uh, if you will. And that's, I think, one of the hardest things, especially for a former captain, is not to want to reach in and kind of try to fall back into old habits of, like you said, Bomas, telling new captains or new leaders, how things should be done. Well, this is how we did it. And I'm really glad that we've had uh, good leadership in, in since the years that, that I graduated. And uh, it makes it a lot easier. But, uh, uh, Mike, maybe you can speak to this a little bit because you guys obviously had a national championship, what, three years ago, two years ago? And uh, this year, CMU did not even have a full team at Nationals. So I'm sure it's got to be frustrating when you see a team that you cared so much about struggle. It's unbelievably frustrating. I mean, we go to these games uh, at Nationals when they won. I went. I couldn't play. I wasn't even in the league anymore. But I went to every game, and you know, I was so excited when they won. I was so pumped up. And then to see now, it's like there's 10 people. And, you know, I've been, I've given them a lot of crap for it, too. It's like 10 people. Like, literally, I could go around my campus right now and go ask 50 people if they wanted to play dodgeball. And I think 49 out of 50 would say, yes, I'm, I'll be at dodgeball tonight. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't get why you can't. And I, I understand there's points where, yeah, you have 60 people show up and then you, you have other players going balls out, just, wrecking people the first day at practice which i heard has happened a lot so oh my I mean, god kent had a, a problem with that a couple years ago just face shots everywhere the first day and everybody wondered why isn't anybody coming back and it's like well maybe if we quit wrecking everybody we might get some of the numbers to show up and lo and behold they finally did that and stopped wrecking people and the numbers improved who would have thought real? Yeah, it's uh, it's unbelievable how it's just it's like just leave them alone for the first like week. <laughs> Don't I destroy mean, their souls. Just leave them intact for at least a couple weeks. Now that speaks to something else that's also critical at the beginning of a season is having really um, fun, but also uh, informative practices. Um, Ryan, as a former captain, what did you find worked best at the beginning of a season to entice pl uh, new players while also retaining your veterans? 
a lot of communication. Uh, you had to talk to these young freshmen because if you just let go out there and just play and go home, they're not going to stay interested. Um, you, and you can tell the young freshmen which ones are really interested and which ones are dragged there by their other friends. Um, but communication is the big thing. Yeah. Bomas, what about you? Sorry? Uh, first couple practices, what do you find works the best to uh, pique the interest of freshmen and also uh, keep your uh, your older veteran players on board? Well, the key is inclusiveness. Uh, you certainly don't want to demoralize whoever new shows up. Um, grip throws probably should be out for that first month or so while you have open practices. Uh, occasionally give a couple tips as to what they should be doing when they're out there uh, as far as blocking goes, as far as court awareness goes, and, and just essentially make them feel like they're part of the broader unit. When you do that uh, and you get that sort of investment in there, you're more likely to retain a larger percentage of the people who are showing some level of interest in the team. All right, Jason, I think you had a point to make here. Well, honestly, it depends more along which person you're gearing it towards. Because um, I know particularly when I first came, the first day, I had a rather old man hunting my face the entire time. Oh, Grandpa. For about five weeks, nothing but him hunting me. Uh, hit me in the face four times, caught all four with my face. Still pissed about that. But... Honestly, if he wouldn't have been throwing at me so much, probably wouldn't have stayed. So you're so, saying that uh, being hunted by a veteran actually made you want to stay? Yep. Well, you are. You have been. That's you, Jason's competitiveness. Well, you're also a sadist, Jason. So that. Uh, yeah, you can call it that. I mean, he's dating me. <laughs> that's true. He's got to be a little messed up. A little. A, a little. Bonus mentioned the no pinch. We actually now we try and teach the kids the pinch on the first day because they see how we're throwing it and they're more amazed by it. And so we try and tell them about it. Yeah, but every new pinch throw goes straight into the ground. Well, yeah, but that's their problem. <laughs> well, cer well, certainly you, you want to teach them technique as soon as you can. But my point is you don't want to unload on an unsuspecting freshman with 65, 70-mile-an-hour throws right off the bat. That's a quick way to give the kid a concussion and make sure he doesn't show up again. Okay, hang on. My first year, I got face-shotted by Brett Hodros, and I wasn't even in the playing field, okay? I still came back. It all depends on the person, and it all depends on just individual competitive level. Like, if you get somebody that's just like, oh, I'm, I'm just here to, you know, check it out, see what's going on. And even if they get hit just in the stomach or in the leg, but if it's hard enough to where it smarts just a little bit, because you can tell when something's going to leave a bruise and when it's not going to leave a bruise. And you get somebody that's just like, oh, I'm here just to kind of hang out. No matter what you do, they're probably not going to come back. But if you get somebody that's driven to try and get better and is already just like, hey, man, let's just let's just go play, you're going to get that person back. And you should probably try and play to that level because that's kind of the person that you want to help get the team energized, get them to go for it, get them to, to want to travel and want to go up against these other teams. You know what I mean? Or maybe well, that's think, just me talking out of my ass. Well, I think we would agree you are not most people. Shut up. Excellent point. I, 
I don't know, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but... You're wrong. If you get your friends to come play, don't your friends normally stick around? No, my friends no. are ass That was my first, my first year with Western's team, it was all my friends. The second year we had the team, there were four people left from the first year. So... Alright, okay. It depends on who your friends are, honestly. I guess that's true. But I think... I mean, Leslie, you mentioned that it's it's you have certain people that are going to be a little bit insane, a little bit competitive, but then you also have those people who, if they were to get wrecked in the face, well, if they were to get wrecked in the face by a 70 mile an hour fastball, they would be embarrassed and they'd be pissed off and they wouldn't want to come back, and they may be yeah. insanely competitive. Nice. So you just have to be careful, I think, because the majority of people, if you just destroy them. Are not going to want to come back either because they're you know uh, uh, soft or because they're embarrassed and they don't want to come back and, and face the team after getting you know wrecked during the first practice. Well, two things. One, what everybody needs to to realize is that at least at some point within your entire dodgeball career, because when everybody starts out, everybody kind of sucks because you're like, what the hell am I doing? This isn't throwing a football. This isn't throwing a baseball. What is this thing that I'm throwing? And then you have to learn and realize this is a very different sport from everything else that I've played. What? <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, um, we just had an old man moment, me and Bob was in the chat. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, you, you, you have it to where, like, everybody just kind of has no idea what the hell they're doing, and everybody has gotten faced at least once, or they've at least gotten hit in the head. It may not have been point blank, oh my god, you're probably going to get a black eye from that, and if you go out, people are going to wonder whether or not you're getting, you know, spousal abuse or whatever. Um, I had another part to this that I forgot. You guys distracted me. Yeah, it's alright, Leslie. Um, uh, do you remember now? If it comes back to me, I'll blurt it out like a lunatic. Alright, you're pretty good at that. Who, oh, who, who else oh. says? Oh, wait, she's I got, got it. it. Never mind. I got it. Um, so what you should do, um, instead of just wrecking people, because not everybody realizes that at one point everybody sucks, everybody's going to get hit in the face or in the head at least once. If you really want to go for those kills, go against your other veterans. Go and, and dick around with each other. Why do you have to... Break in the fresh meat already. Let the veal cultivate so that eventually, when they do get hit, they can just walk it off in stride and be like, okay, yeah, it was my time. It was my time. Like, they're passing away. Uh, <laughs> the, Ryan, Ryan, did you have a point there? I don't think so. Okay. I just wanted to make sure you're okay. <laughs> I'm good. All right. Um, well, let's uh, kind of touch on the last part of beginning of the year stuff, and that is scheduling games. What is... Uh, the philosophy here amongst you guys for who you should schedule for your first game. Obviously, with dodgeball, it's a little different since we're limited by uh, geography, teams around us, and uh, travel costs and all that. But what what do you guys think is the best kind of team to schedule for your first game? All of them. Anyone. All the teams. Uh, what I might suggest. Get. Yes, Bonus. Uh, okay. Yeah, what I might suggest is trying to get a number of teams together like for a four team or, or three or five team uh, group event so mm -hmm. that no one feels completely demolished um, you know by one particular group like let's say you're a first year team and you go up against say GVSU or James Madison and you get obliterated that does not feel terribly good but 
if you're able to schedule a, 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 against a couple of other teams and you come off with one or two victories or you come close to beating someone or you go into overtime or what have you, it, it, it lessens the the hit that you feel when you get smashed by someone who really uh, knows uh, what they're doing uh, in the form of those upper echelon teams. And, and the trick is to really make sure that you get that fun playing experience but not get demoralized from a crushing defeat like you would if it's a simply a one-on-one match. All right, Mike, what's your philosophy on first games? I want to play anyone. I want to play everyone. All I at once? Play. I, I haven't played in years. <laughs> it's just itching no, to play. Seriously, Mike just wants everyone. He's just going to get passed around by the whole league. He is Ladies. the man whore. Get ready for you. He's, he is prepared. His body is prepared. His body is a paradise. Spencer is going to post that picture around Saginaw Valley and see how many people he gets to come because of the picture. I really want to see have some of my friends call me up that don't play dodge and be like, why are your why is your picture posted around Saginaw Valley? Why is your sexy, sexy chest hair staring me in the face as I walk to class? Oh, it's terrible. No, the brand to. management on this podcast is atrocious. <laughs> I would not disagree there. Um, all right, so are there any more um, beginning-of-the-year notes that you guys would like to throw out from our shared experiences being um, team members and team captains? Cricket. <laughs> Nothing? Nothing at all. Anyone? Did you want us to say something? Yeah, Ryan, I'd love for you to say something. Do uh, work. Do work. Remember to have fun with the league. Yes, always have fun. That's what I learned this summer, is that yeah, dodgeball should be fun. Everybody loves everybody. Thank you. Jackie Moon right there, everyone. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's wind this thing down. Let's, um, let's talk about a, a fun topic here that we kind of broached um, in the, the uh, planning before the podcast, and that was why in the hell in 2013 is there not a good dodgeball video game? And Ryan, I know you agree with me on this. Just kind of air your grievance with dodgeball video games in general, right here. There is no good ones. <laughs> They're all terrible. They're all terrible. And I, I bring this up because we got a tweet uh, to the NCDA account about a game that is now on Xbox Live, but I'm sure it's crap just like all the other ones. Yeah, I saw the video. It didn't look good at all. Uh, Mike, you said this is your idea, so jump in here, please. Honestly, I have had this idea for so long. So my, we're gonna go off the off the family tree right for a second. My dad's, my grandfather's brother's sister's or daughter's husband is a video game designer out of Wisconsin. I so want to call him and be like, can you please make a dodgeball video game and have it like specifically set to our rules Well, and uh, see if he would be able to come up with something. I just don't know how we haven't integrated first person with this yet. Like, I feel like third person where you can see the player on the screen is just not the way to go anymore. We have Kinect, we have Wii. Hell, even PlayStation has a a controller that you can control uh, like your motions and stuff on the screen. So how have we not had it to where you throw and you throw the ball or you pull the ball up in front of your face and you block? Like, What do we have to do to get this game made? I think the problem with that is it's not advanced enough yet. Like When it's advanced where it's literally 
like move for move. I know Connect does that kind of, but it's you know what I mean. If you go to do a throwing motion, the ball on the screen is not going to go exactly where you would put it in real life. Yeah, that's true. So that's why well, I'm kind of thinking like you know how you, you play a, a driving game, right? And you can have it zoomed in to where it looks like you're sitting in the car. Yeah. I picture that, but you still have a controller for now. You know what I mean? Where it's not like you're moving, like, standing up in front of the... I would take that, honestly. I think that would be awesome. Well, what might be an interesting combination is the Xbox uh, Kinect with the Oculus Rift. Basically, what the Oculus Rift is, if you don't uh, know what it is, is essentially a, a, a headset with two separate... Uh, cameras that essentially create a, a simulated 3D effect. You combine that with the motion sensors of the Xbox Connect, and you might have something there. Uh, otherwise, y- you just got to go back to the 1989 uh, NES release of Super Dodgeball um, back when I was a child. <laughs> and, and let's think about that era. George Bush, uh, George Herbert Walker Bush was president at the time. Uh, that game was awesome but uh, as far as looking forward (laughs) quiet you um go back to your closet leslie but i I gotta think that it would be possible uh going forward in the next five years absolutely and um as well as i feel like you could even have a controller leslie i think you brought this up jokingly that actually is a ball in the same way that there are controllers now that like I know for first person shooters, there is a gun controller that you can use. Um, Shove the Wiimote controller into the ball and just throw the ball at your TV. No, I I think you just have the ball and then you just, when you actually are in possession of the ball during the game, you use it to block or throw. And then when you're not in possession of a ball, you don't use it. But I don't no, know. just I just shove it in the wee ball and just. You just want to shove something in something else. <laughs> You're sick. Oh god, I'm gonna get this whole time, aren't I? Yeah, we're just gonna cut all of your parts out. <laughs> Ryan, did you have any final things to add here? Because I know that uh, you are a video game player as well. Uh, it needs to be a cross with Grand Theft Auto, whichever dodgeball game it is. Hell yes! Now, now you got my attention. Wait, which part? The, the hookers and that stuff? All of it. Like, you got that covered. All of it. So that's a great way to encapsulate what from Grand Theft Auto you want. All of it. I think that's it uh, as far as the topics we had um, written down. Did anyone else want to add anything before we signed off uh, for our uh, Welcome Back Summer Edition here? I do. Um, I need to give a shout-out again to Wesley Peters of CMU. He's blowing up my Facebook thing about how this podcast better not suck. See, I even myself out for you guys. Um, and how we it better be awesome. So here's to you, Wes. I hope if you listen to this, you thought it was entertaining. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, man. Mike, why'd you have to... Now I have to go bleep that. <laughs> oh, it's Wes. Why not? <laughs> okay, fine. You're right. a piece of poop, Wes. Yeah, piece of poop. All right, Ryan. Poop, poop, poop. Is there any way we can see how many people actually listen to the podcast? No um, one. Us. No, us. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just going to be five. Okay. Um, no, uh, no, we can six. we can ask Zig for uh, for page views when this goes on the NCDA site. That works. 
Um, Bomas, I think uh, I think you had an interesting thing happen at a, a wedding this summer. Is that correct? I have no idea what you're talking about. It seems uh, I think I remember sunglasses and a pictures. popular song and a dance. It's true. <laughs> it's on Facebook, therefore it must be fact. Yeah. All right. Uh, on the short, short version here because I think we've gone about an hour or, or more at this point. Uh, basically, a couple of good friends of mine were going to, uh, not going to. They they um, were engaged to be married. They had me look at the music list. Uh, I jokingly said, "Well, geez, you guys, I see you don't guys don't have Gangnam Style on here, and if you did, you know, I'd make a complete fool of myself." And they said, "Well, you know, um, we didn't plan on having that on there." But since you put it that way, yeah, we're going to do it, and we're going to hold you to that. And uh, uh, gosh darn it, if I didn't grab a $6 pair of women's sunglasses and uh, do the entire routine uh, at the end of the night, um, photos are available. And uh, i got to tell you, it was the most fun I had in a long, long time. I think, uh, ladies and gentlemen, a round of applause for the thought of Alex Bomas doing Gangnam Style. Hats, hats off to you, sir. Was he sober was, or was he drunk? It was the first time in 28 years that I have and it will be another 28 years before the next Yes, uh, photos will be available along with this podcast so you can see uh, just how good Bomas this summer was. Well, uh, I think we'll go out on that note. Um, we'll be back, though. Once, once game action starts up, we will... Come at you with a little bit of some game recaps, and I'm sure there'll be some issues crop up along the way that we'll need to um, throw some wisdom toward. And I'm oh god, Leslie. All right. On that note, uh, I'm Josh Ramer signing off. Uh, my name's Ryan Men. Thanks, Ryan. Hi, I'm Leslie Ellison. Have a good night, everyone. Jason. Oh yeah, good night. Alex Boma, stay safe, everybody. Uh, Mike McCarthy, I'm assuming I'm up. I don't know. I wasn't here for the beginning. Uh, yeah. Love you guys. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. And thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back next time with the uh, alumni podcast. <laughs>